Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. All right, Waluigi. Sorry, We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. And good afternoon. And running the boards is Joey D. Hello. On today's show, we will get our comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. We will get board game reviews from BJ. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, mm-hmm. how can people get a hold of us? Through our website, bjgeeknation.com. Yay! Podcast uh, information and more. It's BJ Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and Radio.com app. Yes. Boom. Find Plenty us. of ways to find us and uh, communicate with us and uh, talk about whatever random thing you want to talk about. Ad game? I'm lonely. Uh, game. Let's get our comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. Uh, again, you can find all that at uh, the website and all those Facebook pages, comicsdungeon.com. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us, and you can find more information. It's really simple, comicsdungeon.com, or just search for Comics Dungeon on all the social media. Now, let's start off on the Marvel side. What are some of the new titles and comic book recommendations you have for us? You know, uh, one of my favorite things of all time in comic books are team-ups. Oh, you know? gosh, yeah. Right, and and, and Marvel's in, in the past had several team-up titles. There was Marvel 2-in-1, which was the thing, always teaming up with somebody. Um, and uh, Spidey had one uh, that ran for years called Marvel Team-Up, mm-hmm. and it was always Spidey and somebody else. And uh, they've uh, restarted that series, um, and uh, and I love it. The, the, the first team-up is with Ms. Marvel, um, it's uh, two characters that don't interact very much. They're actually relatively close in age in the comic world, at least right now. Are they Marvel's both? Movie. Are they both also in the New York area as well? They are. Okay, yeah, they that makes are, sense. They are. They're uh, across the Hudson from each other. Uh, but yeah, Peter's in uh, in Manhattan, and uh, Kamala's there in Jersey City. Ah, okay. And, you know, uh, she's a high schooler. He's uh, in college. So they're at least within the same demographic, mm-hmm. um, which gets to be important uh, as we hear a little bit about the story here. But it's kind of a fun story. The first issue was a flip book. And uh, you read it one direction and you read Kamala's story. And uh, then it culminates into the team up with Spider-Man. And you read it the other direction. It starts with Peter Parker and oh, culminates man. into the exact same I, re- uh, I remember those from like the early 90s and it was like a lot of them were like the Wolverine stories and it would be like Wolverine and then like I remember definitely remember one with like Typhoid Mary being the other one on the other side yep. or it would be like Giant Man on one side and then another person on the other. I love those. Yeah, no, uh, Marvel Comics Presents did that for years. Yeah. And, and I love it. And I like this one in particular because it actually mashes into the same story. That's cool. And, and I think that was uh, really fun. But it's a, it's, a, it's a fun story. And, 
ultimately it becomes a freaky Friday moment uh, in this story. And uh, Kamala and uh, Peter actually end up uh, exchanging bodies or or mines or I, I guess it doesn't matter which way it goes. But, <laughs> but um, it's always funny to see another superhero uh, try to figure out the other superhero's powers. Um, and uh, <laughs> Ms. Marvel's kind of... Uh, uh, what is it? Exclamation as she goes into battle is uh, she embiggens um, <laughs> and she gets she gets bigger and all of that. And, yeah. uh, and, and Peter goes, oh, that's a perfectly, perfectly cromulent word. Um, and uh, if you're a Simpsons person to pick up on those references, uh, wow. it, uh, it was it, it was a kick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so so they go and do this. Uh, the only part uh, for the story that made me um Actually, a little uncomfortable is that they, as superheroes do, they have to change back to their secret identities, so they have to change clothes, but they had to do this when they were Freaky Friday. Oh, yeah, that is a little bit awkward. And it's like, oh, you know, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, wow, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, uh. These are great books. Uh, go out and get them and just skip over that panel. And yeah, you'll be fine. right. <laughs> Moving on to that DC. DC's getting into the zombie game. DC's jumping into zombies full force. Tom Taylor, who's been writing Injustice for several years now oh. and doing an amazing job with that alternate reality, uh, has taken on uh, DC East. DC East. Um, All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, basically what happens in this story is uh, Darkseid has come to Earth, and he's finally found the second part to the anti-life equation, which has been his life's obsession. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he needs to uh, combine the two halves of the equation and uh, needs a vessel for it, a, 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 a body for it. So oh. he ends up uh, kidnapping Cyborg uh, to do this. But little did he realize the hybrid nature of Cyborg being human and technology actually ended up corrupting the the, the anti-life equation as they merged oh, it together. Wow. And uh, Darkseid... Uh, becomes the first victim of the virus and becomes the first DC uh, zombie. Interesting. That's kind of right? a fun take on that because I know Marvel <laughs> zombies had theirs, but it was literally, it was in the multiverse. One of the dimensions was just like the zombie verse. Exactly. Yeah. That, wow. yeah that, I, I thought that was fun, but yeah. So now dark signs, patient zero, uh, <laughs> well, maybe patient one, maybe cyborgs, patient zero, but, um, Cyborg ends up boom tubing, boom tubing back to Earth, and as soon as he pops in, his cybernetic Wi-Fi connects to the internet and starts spreading the virus. Wow, that's really reminiscent of even like Stephen King's uh, book, The Cell, where something is going on with the cell phones. Like using technology for that, I think is pretty pretty smart. Absolutely, and I think because. As we know, everybody's literally attached to the hip with their phone. Yep. Uh, it spreads through social media. So, you, you know, just a really quick, fast 
um, you know, spread of the disease here worldwide. It makes 12 monkeys look like nothing. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, absolutely crazy. Um, and uh, we see a scene in uh, uh, Wayne Manor where uh, Tim Drake and uh, Dick Grayson actually get infected and uh, and might actually be taking uh, a couple nibbles on uh, on Mr. Bruce. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. So, so so literally first issue tons happens, major characters are affected immediately. So it's going to be kind of a fun book. It's it's certainly not in continuity, but it's yeah. uh, it, it it's certainly uh, a fun way to see uh, DC's take on what zombies are. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, Scott. Again, Scott at Comics Dungeon, like I said before. Find him on social media just by searching for Comics Dungeon or go to ComicsDungeon.com. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so much, Scott. Again, Scott over at Comics Dungeon. If you live in the Seattle area, take a trip down to the old uh, brick and mortar there and check it out. Uh, now let's get some board game discussion. Board I know that you've been practicing for the Gauntlet Cirque. Um, are we going to talk about those games or are we going to talk about some different ones? Well, if you apparently weren't listening to me, as I said in a previous episode, we will discuss it uh, on Friday. Oh, you're right. But thanks for listening to me. You don't care. Sorry. Wait, what did you say? So uh, what new ones do you have to talk about then? I feel like Headless Thanos. Oh, no. Yeah. That means well, you won. Yeah. All right, fair <laughs> enough. So, uh, yeah, what do you got in the world of board games, man? Well, you know, uh, the, the the world of board games, you talk about a successful Kickstarter gaming company. It's got to be Peterson Games at this point because I swear these guys, uh, back in 2015, they made a game called Cthulhu Wars, which if you oh, love, yeah. love, love crafty and stuff, if you love minis to the 10th power that are insane, including <laughs> some that are as big as my hand or even bigger, um, this, this was this was back in 2015 when the first, I think, Cthulhu Wars came out. And he continues to have just like multiple Kickstarters. Like there's been three re-released versions of this with new factions. And Oh, wow. The beautiful thing about playing a board game, what, what creates, I think, replayability for board games is asymmetrical factions, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is, you know, how many times can I play the same game, but because of the particular faction or the particular color I play or piece that I play... I do different things than everybody else in the game does. And the more you have of those, the more it makes the game more fun. Because at that point, you can't, you don't necessarily, you won't always be the same ones doing the same things. You'll have a different path to victory yeah. uh, with whichever character that you're playing with. That's what makes Twilight Imperium, I think, such a great game. Because in Twilight Imperium, there are multiple victory points that could come up, but you don't know which ones will come up each game. They're revealed each round, mm -hmm. and you don't use all of the ones from the deck, so you you may know what they all may be, but you don't know, like, is it going to be area control? Do I need to build technology? Is it going to be money-based? And Twilight Imperium has... 17 different factions. Do they you, really? Yeah, and you Good only God. and you only ever play six players. So I will tell you that I have not played every faction in Twilight Imperium in the years that I've owned this game. You guys play it a lot. And I'm playing again <laughs> very soon and, uh, as, and and I will be playing a faction I've never played before. Uh, so Cthulhu Wars came out and you could buy the base game and you could buy it and it would have four different factions and it was like, you know, all the main Cthulhu Lovecraftian guys you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, over the course of all this time since it came out and now they're up to 11 different factions. I just backed wow. the current one uh, 
uh, which and they also allow you to backtrack and get all these other ones if you want to. So the Damon Sultan faction was the 11th playable faction for Cthulhu Wars. Also, you can play up to at least eight players, maybe even more if you're crazy, because they've released these eight to nine to ten to twelve player boards you can buy. Wow! And look, Sandy has a hardcore cult following and a lot of us will just keep giving him money because he does (laughs) care that much about the game he has YouTube channels to explain what he believes and if you love the world of this and you want to know why Sandy believes what he believes they do I have to tell you they release really cool updates on their when when they give you updates and it's not about like stretch goals Sandy said you know what I had all these stretch goals we had them set but we're like the hell with that we're just going to release it all tell you here's what it all is because we know you're going to buy it wow and that I like that because stretch goals are kind of like eh, goofy loss leader ways to get people to be really interested in a project, hoping that maybe you'll you know get more interest. And if you get so many Facebook likes or get so many Twitter likes, we'll release this. Mm-hmm. And, release. Mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, I, I just don't I like just that. I want all of that, please. Yeah. Can you just Here give it to me? Money, I will take what I can get, please. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Cthulhu Wars is basically, it's risk with Cthulhu is what it is. And it's risk with asymmetrical powers. It's risk with um, all these different actions that you can take that you can't take in risk. But it's basically an area control game, which is what risk is. But instead of, you know, rolling, you do roll some dice, uh, which, by the way, if you want to get the upgraded dice, they look really amazing. Because <laughs> Sandy's about Here components. Here we are. There you go. Here is my money. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, if you're somebody that loves Warhammer, and, and where you can basically oh, buy the yeah, miniatures and paint yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, there's some beautiful art out there for what people have done with their Cthulhu Wars figures. Um, it is, it is a. I, I think it's a beautiful game. I love what Sandy does, and he's the. By the way, Sandy has a pedigree in video games. He basically was the guy behind Quake, behind Doom, uh, behind a lot of video games, and he thought for sure that he'd go back to video games after Cthulhu Wars. And Cthulhu Wars was such a hit. He was like, I guess I'm going to have a board game company now. What does the word Cthulhu even really mean? Does it have an origin? It's the old god. It's, yeah, he's it's, one of the great old ones. It's one of the great old ones. Oh, so it's okay. the, you Whenever you see like the pictures and it's the big, green, tentacle-faced monstrosity, that is Cthulhu. Okay. okay. H.P. Lovecraft created this whole we're world. we're probably pronouncing it wrong. I think Cthulhu is what no, it is. No, I think it is. It, or is it Cthulhu? It's something uh, like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where someone will say that we're pronouncing it wrong. I've already had to know There's one of those spiggly lines above one of the letters, probably. Yeah, or... <laughs> It's like it's actually it's a it's a it's a language that can't be spoken by man and it just comes out as a giant screech oh. like you know one of those sort of weird things and it's it's a weird thing where you know there's witchcraft involved because a lot of the Cthulhu world takes place in like uh, near Salem Massachusetts you see some of that stuff there mm-hmm. there's insanity that can happen in a lot of games there's like you lose your sanity which is a a, a currency in a lot of the Cthulhu based games that are out there if you think of Arkham Horror and 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 the Eldritch Horror and all that <laughs> or uh, WrestleNomicon yeah exactly. <laughs> It's Targaryen effect. <laughs> I like that Sandy ties an alien origin because he's look, these guys actually came from outer space. Huh? And, you know, and, and so he just did a great video about why is it, why do, if you will, some of these Cthulian, if you will, or Lovecraftian creatures not like technology? And he's like, well, let me tell you, actually, there is actually some technology if you go back and look at some of Lovecraft's work. So Sandy's a brilliant guy, almost, I mean, look, I mean, sometimes the way he speaks and the way he is, you almost think like this guy's on the spectrum. I mean, he's that brilliant. Um, and he really puts a lot of research into it. And a lot of folks who have addiction issues when it comes to video, uh, it comes to basically Kickstarter games go please Sandy don't release all these cool things as I will spend all my money on them goodbye <laughs> <laughs> like me um, I and do so, side yes? note I found 
So back in the day, there was a letter to H.P. Lovecraft to, that asked how to pronounce Cthulhu. Yes. And uh, this is what he wrote back. Uh, this is H.P. Lovecraft. The name of the hellish en- entity was invented by beings whose vocal organs were not like man's. Hence, it has no relation to the human speech equipment. The syllables were determined by a phys- uh, physiological equipment wholly unlike ours. Hence, could never be uttered perfectly by human throats. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. sound, as nearly as any human organs could imitate it or human letters record it, may be taken something along like clue who which the first syllable pronounced gutterly and very thickly. So the U in it is about, is like the U in full. So, but like very, I can't do it though. Like that. No, sorry, that's Chewbacca. Uh, and the first syllable is uh, not unlike clue, which is the sound hence of the H represents in the gutter lobe. See, it's like, like, said, like somebody's going to. It's kind of like Giff and Jeff. I think Cthulhu yeah. is just what people know. Whether yeah, you like exactly. it or not, that's what people and say. And you'll know yeah. exactly what people mean with it. And if anybody <laughs> gives you crap about Cthulhu, just be, hey, us human throats. I don't have the... The yeah, human throats cannot say it, yeah. so sorry. So it, you can get this. You can get the core <laughs> game right now on Amazon if you want to, oh, wow, or okay, at nice. the Peterson Games website. And then if you want to, uh, they just ended their last Kickstarter. You might be able to get in with some pre-orders, and then you might be able to get on the rabbit hole of, hey, here's all the other things we're going to get if you want. Um, I have some factions coming to me. I don't know how many that I have that I'm going to get, but I want all 11 because <laughs> it's a great game. When you see it set up, my buddy Eric, you know, when we went over his house, he had it set up on the table. It just looks awesome and it's easy to play it really isn't that difficult you basically have a bunch of power it's similar to chaos in the old world where you have to use all your power uh, on your turn and if you don't you lose all your power and you can't take a turn and mm-hmm. some things that don't cost power to use some abilities you can't use if you have zero power so and it's that kind of thing where you have power you get to do actions you basically need to control certain things to win the game as the game progresses and whoever controls the most or has these most victory points not difficult to learn it's uh, and it's great because it's all different asymmetry. So each faction has to do different things to win the same game. That's amazing. And now you have 11 choices once this comes out, uh, including a cat faction for April Fool's Day, which I think is hysterical. And April Greg, Fool's, love we're actually doing it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, yeah, human cats and then basically ancient elder god old one cats that I'm are just I'm horrific what's looking. What's the difference? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's the, that's Cthulhu Wars, and we go from that rev, yeah, to uh, well, you guys know that some of the big game companies out there, like for people like myself, like Fantasy Flight, uh-huh. like Asthma no. Day, like uh-huh. Stronghold, yeah. Well, there's this great game company that actually I'm surprised because I never play games from these guys anymore because they're considered basic. Oh, well, Hasbro, uh, you're close. <laughs> it's another one called Mattel. Oh. oh, wow. And yet Mattel actually has a really fun game that my buddy Sean from the Board Game Alliance and Thing 12 Games introduced to me because it's a two-player game called Spirits of the Wild. And I have to tell you, this is a fun, pretty decent-looking game with components I, I don't mean to sound so surprised, but again, I don't think of Mattel and Hasbro as giving us really great games because they never had to. Yeah. But now they're stepping up. They're you know they're stepping it up because of the fact. I mean, Hasbro, of course, uh, they own Wizards of the Coast, know. so we know that they can give us stuff. Shut your mouth! They came out with Uno and Uno Attack Man, <laughs> which yeah, I mean those are component wise. Kerplunk. Yeah. Ah, oh, Kerplunk. Yeah. I just wanted to say Kerplunk. So <laughs> this is a this is a stone taking game for two players, and it's always tough to find a two player. 
game that's interesting that isn't basically just like, ah, oh, we, we wish we had more players, but we don't. Yeah. Um, you need to earn most points by collecting sets of colorful stones from a central bowl, and uh, you give them to the five animals on your scoreboard. And so basically you have to, you know, you, you, you in a way, in a Yahtzee way, you have to make collections. Like you might have to get uh, all uh, stones of a different color or all stones of the same color. And the way it goes about it is, is that you, there are crystal stones that you must put on the row so that you can double the points you would get for completing that row or for what you have in the row. But, you know, as soon as five crystals are actually out, whether they're in the bowl or on your board, the game could be over. I have to tell you, oh, I, wow. had, I had things set up for this game where I thought I was going to kick Sean's ass. And then, damn, the luck of the draw of the Surprise! bag. Yeah. And even to the point where Sean says, well, I'm surprised you didn't take that crystal and put it in your row. Would have given you double points. You probably would have won. I said, yeah, I was greedy. I thought I could wait one more turn. <laughs> and, what was the game again? It's called Spirits of the Wild. Huh. It does and, look very pretty. Like looking at some of the pictures on Board Game Geek, uh, it's very, yeah, it's, yeah. I love the artwork, the constellation really look, and it's all of that. It's easy, too. Yeah, it's very, very easy where basically on your turn you have five cards that will be face up, and these are your action cards. You turn them face down to decide whether you're going to get stones, take stones, if you're going to try to screw somebody over by moving the coyote, which basically means you freeze an area so they can't put stones on the oh. area. Um, and there's a lot of that chess-like back and forth, like what should I do? And then there's a then there are special cards that you can use that if you decide I'm going to just flip over all my cards and reset and then use the special card that's face up, that will give you some abilities. Um, there's a lot of back and forth and it's really a good, good game. And it's relatively inexpensive too. Again, it's by Mattel. And, uh, you know, like I've seen you can get this on Amazon for under 15 bucks. Wow. But it's a really, really good game. How long does it play? I mean, for two players, I don't necessarily think you want a long uh, game for those. You, get, you know what? I think for if you're a new if you're a new player, it might take you 45 minutes, but once you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. it, this can't be more than a half hour. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it, and it says 15 to 30 minutes, so you could go 15 if you guys are really quick with what you're doing. It's a well-done game. You know, hey, good on you, Mattel. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm looking just like at their at all the games guys. they have. They have your typical, you know, the Unos, and you know, now they have Dose, and they have a bunch of different types of Uno. They have the Magic 8-Ball, but they have a couple other games on here that actually look maybe worth looking into, like Ghost Fighting Treasure Hunters. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It sounds yeah, like it, a pirate game that is right looks, up Vicky's alley. It looks kind of cool. It's cutesy. Uh, there's also Wizards Wanted. Oh. It's just like really cutesy games, but they look a little bit more involved than what we're used to from See, companies like Mattel. I'm always a little reticent, and again, it's not just Mattel, but I am just, I've been burned by major game companies who said, here's a game about something you like, and it was crap. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, yeah. and unfortunately, yeah. like the, and unfortunately for them, companies like Fantasy Flight, companies like Stronghold, companies like Asthma Day, they have gotten the properties that I love, and they've made mm-hmm. great games. And so I have more trust in the non traditional board game companies to do what I love. Yeah. Mattel, though, as Lisa's showing me with this, it's like, okay, guys, you can make a good-looking game, but Vicky, mm-hmm. don't be fooled by the box. Make sure you no. find out if it's yeah, a good exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spirits of the Wild actually is. Nice. I know. And so, like, seeing that, or even, uh, I didn't realize it was them that did uh, Blocus, or Blockus, which is a game that you would not like, because it is very spatial. I've played this at uh, Cafe Mox, or Mox Boarding House before, and it's just a fun two to four player game and it's about you know putting shapes on a board which I like well they gotta shapes. be good but, like they, that yeah. kind of thing so they gotta give like, us good components they have to give mm-hmm. us good components as well as good mechanisms I know that they're you know like you know companies are actually employing some friends of mine who uh, some, uh, some of my buddies worked on Villainous which has been a real successful Disney game yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so I know it's happening and I'm happy to see that because well the board game world has changed absolutely now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B Vicky 
uh, dare I ask what's going on in your world? So, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. we actually do a morning radio show here in Seattle. Oh my gosh, yes. we do. We do. We do. And so recently we had a topic that made me think of... What I, I wanted to ask you guys this, basically, because it was, uh, according to a new survey, 44% of people admit that they have thrown out or used a move as an excuse to throw out their significant other stuff. Oh, yeah. Stuff like clothes, books, DVDs, posters, and stuff like that. See, we didn't use it as an excuse like to like get rid of something that was ugly, but it was we did a very thorough inventory of the mm-hmm. stuff we actually wanted to move. And so right. it was like, no, we're going to clean this out. Do we really want this? And it was a back and forth communication with mm-hmm. the wife and I on that. Yeah. But I know people have had that where it's just like, oh, you're not going to notice the, uh, the fuzzy leg uh, lamp there. Don't worry about that. I call it the can we lift it or can we break it? <laughs> throw it out the window. You know, it didn't bring up the parent thing because sometimes parents will throw kids yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. And just because this thing is stupid. I don't understand it. I'm going to throw it out. My you... father Darth Vader'd me and then I Darth Vader'd my own kid. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Okay, so so with you and your father, what did he throw out? My comic books. Oh, including, man. Including uh, the first X-Men with uh, Colossus and the gang. Oh, no. Which was back in the 70s and that's worth a little bit. Oh, uh, my goodness. But then I returned the favor. With what? (sighs) He threw away all my old game systems. Sega, Super Nintendo, no! all my stuff. Yeah. Like, retro it, games? Was yep. it just because he was being bad, like as a punishment, or did you just throw him away because you threw him away? We were the sharing is caring family, yeah, and we I had to relinquish my Super Nintendo when I got an Xbox to my sister, and my sister did not care about the Super Nintendo, and oh. it somehow eventually ended up into the box of clutter, which ended yeah. up into the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my bad. I never thought those things would be collectibles, and I'm an idiot. Uh, and that's one of those, I would have never imagined that either, but there are a lot of retro gaming nerds I, out there that mm-hmm. will pay good money for those for those systems. So I have to forgive my father because a lot of comic books were not worth anything. So yeah. why would any particular one be worth anything? Totally. So it's like, okay, Dad, I forgive you, but Joey still doesn't forgive me. So <laughs> yeah. he needs to have a child and throw something away quick. I know my dad had a huge collection of uh, Spider Man and Fantastic Four, and they those, were in Spanish. Uh, are those uh, oh, Whoa. in Spanish? That would be cool. He tell me the story about how every Wednesday because so in Mexico they have uh, two shifts in, in classes you can take the afternoon class for school or you can take the morning class so he was afternoon so he'd wake up in the morning he'd take his little allowance and he'd go buy his comic books at the comic book or at the newspaper stand are you sure I'm not your father because that's right? kind of what I did <laughs> yeah but he would come home he'd uh, get his big glass of milk some toast with my grandma's pineapple jam and sit there and read his Ooh. comics like they were the newspaper pineapple yeah. jam oh, I know yeah. right it is legit <laughs> it sounds amazing it's like this nice heartwarming story like, where like ooh pineapple jam one of my dad's yeah. favorite what's one of my favorite <laughs> stories from my dad and so he had this giant collection he's like yeah your grandma just threw them out so I went up to I was younger I was like why did you throw away my dad's comic books and she said I think bugs got to them Oh, my families yeah. are hoarders. Like, we keep everything. Oh, yeah, like the yeah. puppy went to the farm yeah. to Daffy run and Duck play. Got to it, yeah. No, she, like, not to say my dad was the favorite, but my dad was the favorite. She would not have thrown anything out of my father's, like, unless there was a reason. Oh, man, that still, that sucks. I mean, just having all of those, and even if it were bugs or moths right. or, like, something like water damage, like, that's mm-hmm. some of the worst, man. I know some of my stuff got water damage and yeah. having to throw it away, and it's like, but can we kind of keep it just in it's case? Like, no. It's like, no, And no, I recently no. did the whole Marie Kondo. I went through all my comic books. I'm like, which comic books did I buy? Because I really love. Which one sparks joy, Vicky? Ex- basically. All of them. There's all some that I really 
really loved. I'm like, I'm going to collect all of them. And they have like 20 more. But I'm like, I don't even follow this anymore. Like web comics. I bought like this one series. I bought like five or six of them of the actual books. And she probably has like another six to ten. Like I don't follow it anymore, though. Not to, I mean, yeah, completely piggyback on that. But yeah, I realized I realized I just did that sort of thing to myself. I just. I didn't throw out, but I passed on a bunch of my mm-hmm. old magic cards. Uh, I've, I've absolutely condensed literally down to some of my trade stuff and then like two commander decks and then all of the cards, like vast mm-hmm. boxes of them, I passed on to uh, a friend of ours that works at the station because their kid plays magic. And I was like, these cards I don't need. I just, they're taking up space. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to need them. They're going to find a home where they're going to be appreciated, and so I passed them on, and it was one of those things where I was just like, this is really kind of hard to do. It it was hard, but I feel like if you're able to find a really good reason, like for me, I just really got into selling, like I'm selling my clothes and DVDs that I don't use anymore, and I'm selling them online through like the Mercari app. Uh, Sometimes but, our spouses and significant others, yeah. then they know what's right for us, don't right. they? But mm. my, I don't have any, so I do it myself. <laughs> That's it. But be mean to yourself. So I went through the comics that are kid friendly oh because uh, there's some that I'm like I cannot do this yeah you can't I, be giving the preacher or the boys to some kids no. yeah, here you go library but there's a in my neighborhood and I see this in a lot of different neighborhoods and it's all across the United States I don't know if they do it in Canada and other places but you they have neighborhood libraries where oh, yeah, it's like the take, a book, leave a, take a book leave, leave a, a book. book yeah 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 what is this library thing you it speak of it depends <laughs> on where in the neighborhood like in my neighborhood they used an old refrigerator and they put it in there. It's like a glass front. And so oh, neat. it just That's says, hey, cool. it, I think they're all registered. So this is library number, da, 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 da. And so you can leave books. And so I put in, I had like oh. a copy of Little Women from when I was younger. So and these I'm like, like, just like little stations. Yeah, they're just little. Like oh, think of a mini cool. fridge size kind oh. of thing. And you just put books in there. If you want to check one Fancy. out, just grab it, take it back. Uh, it's a really cool system, and so I got a bunch of my kid-friendly comics and web comics, and I That's just kind of cool. plopped them in there. Look at you being a giver. I know. It was so I'm nice. It felt good. It felt really good. So if uh, I recently, one of the things that made me think of when I read this list, though, I had to do it. I finally had to let go when Heroes came out on DVD. Oh. I still actually have mine. I, I got rid of mine a while ago, but yeah. I had, I went because they it came out on my birthday. And if you went to the store and bought it that day, you got a poster. Uh, and then the next year, when the next one came out, same thing. And it was around my birthday, too. So I was super excited. I went and spent my money, and I had both posters in my room. And eventually, they got ended up getting rolled up from all the moves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Heroes has disappointed me so much. Time to the let first go. season, I had though, to let go. It the was. The first season had so much potential. It, it, was, it was the so first good. season poster, too. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it. If you know of Heroes in the first season, but you don't know the whole storyline that was rewritten, it's on the DVD. Yeah. An entire yeah. character. I mean, an entire character was written out of the series. I don't exactly know. I feel like it was for, because of the political situation at the time. But it's amazing. It's like you can watch a deleted scene, massively long deleted scene that basically took a character who they rewrote and got an another actor to play which that's what makes that worth getting that blue that that particular dvd just because you go holy crap this is a whole different story they had to rewrite yeah that whole show because of the writer's strike and everything just suffered from so much it was a great idea that budget writer's strike the rewrite just seems like oh that show could have been i hope somebody redoes it someday I, I feel like they already tried, and I'd be okay with never seeing it again. Oh, yeah. Heroes I mean, a whole Re- new cast. A whole oh. new everything. Like, Heroes Reborn really did not No, that was bad. No. Yeah, it just wasn't yeah. great. So I, I'd say do the whole thing again, but have somebody else give their take on it. That was the first time we saw Zachary Quinto, too, right? Yes. yes. Well, that's... Oh. It was awesome yes. because... Made his I, career. He was the best character and still one of the best. Hands yep. down. I, sorry to interrupt, but, like, 
I love that show when I was about 18 and then I got a boyfriend who looked just like Zachary Quinto. So whenever we'd go out, he hated the show too. He's like, I hate, I hate Siler. I hate the show. And so when we'd go out, people, oh my God, is that Siler? And he just gets so mad and I'd sit there like, <laughs> like a happy little anime like, character, like he he he. You're my Siler. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, like that. Don't kill me. <laughs> quit being, quit being so mad about this. I found that story my f- fascinating. Nice. Because <laughs> he was Spock, everybody. Yeah, you did it. You got it. Well, <laughs> until next time, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.